0: Welcome to the launch episode of Failing Better, a podcast of inspiring conversations about failure, hosted by Leila Darrenville and Caroline Pierce, both cultural freelancers based in Tyne and Weir. For this first one, we're introducing ourselves and each other and sharing a taste of our current thoughts on better responses to failing. In future, we'll be chatting to other people who have fascinating stories, and together we'll share ideas and reflections on what failure means, different experiences and hopefully develop new thoughts and conversations. Join in, have a listen, tell us what you think. My name's Layla and this is Caroline. Hello. Hi, Layla, at what point did you realise that failure is important? Uh,
1: so, uh, I mean, you and I have talked about this quite a lot, which is um, is great, but I'm, obviously I'm gonna go over things we've talked about a bit. Um, I think there's been lots of different points for me, lots of different points that have come together, to mean that it's like it's really really at the forefront of my thinking almost constantly Um, I think one of the things was having my kids because I think it's really I think generally we are set up to discourage children from failing so I think that's one thing I've got two children they both happen to be girls which um I think we'll probably both go on to talk about a little bit more going forward there was definitely a point for me I was at a culture bridge uh, I think it was an arts award conference and it was not long after I've left the Culture Bridge team.
0: Is it useful to talk about very quickly what Culture Bridge and what Arts Award are? Probably, yes.
1: (laughs) Um, So Culture Bridge North East is um, an Arts Council strategic uh, project which was set up several years ago and I was in the first team that delivered it through Sage Gateshead where it was Bridge North East and then it moved to Tiny Mirror Archives and Museums and it's about connecting children and young people with great art and culture, mainly centred around a school focus and Arts Award is a particular qualification that, gen- that most of them sit in the qualifications framework which is around celebrating and learning from art. So there's um, Discover, Explore, Bronze, Silver and Gold um and it's just quite an accessible way to learn through art but also to get some sort of qualification point from it as well so i was at the arts award conference and um tina gavari was talking and she was talking about failure and, and why failure is important and why she couldn't have been creative and done the work that she did with i am nazreen without actually just putting herself out there to fail and i think that was kind of a point where I realised that other people were talking about failure which um then made me realise more why it was important for me to talk about failure and to think about failure and to have it um like I said at the forefront of, of things I was doing and then moving on from that I guess doing particular pieces of work and working with particular funders I think funding overall is again something we'll probably talk about a bit later on but how um people are scared of admitting failure because accountability is quite a tough thing to deal with in the structures that we kind of are set up in at the moment
0: as well um so yeah was the one moment where you went oh my god no failure is why are we not talking about this because actually it would unlock or like was it was there a moment i think i think there've been lots of there've been lots of points
1: particularly in the bridge program actually when i was part of the bridge program where we talked about like testing things and we talked about seeding things so that using seed funding is one of the examples of how we funded projects. And it was that thing of like, we didn't really necessarily need massive outcomes from them, the outcomes were quite small ones where we wanted people to work in partnership. And that was a big part of what the projects were about. It was about like figuring out who those people are that you could work well with. And and actually if that particular project wasn't successful, um, that, it didn't matter because actually you'd started a conversation up and, and it was about the partnership rather than the, the outputs of the project. So I think it had already been quite strong in the ways that I thought about it, uh, the, the the ways that I was working, that we'd been thinking about it within a, um, a cultural education context. And then I think it really was probably the galvanising point for me, probably was Tina talking about it at that conference of like, oh, this is something that someone's articulating really well unlike me right now um articulating really well and talking about their own personal experience with failure and talking about how it had it had been something that they'd been thinking about and they wouldn't be where they were if they'd shied away from it and if they had decided not to 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 fail um And I think it's just really interesting. I think it's really interesting that success and failure basically are sort of two sides of the same coin, um, which I guess is what Tina was talking about in that particular keynote for that conference.
0: And that's really interesting because all of those examples, really, from your point of view, it sounds like you've had quite a lot of support to... Think about failure as a positive and to enable failure as a positive and I suppose where I'm wondering is because I hear a lot of people talking about failure and enabling other people to fail and sometimes then shying away from accepting or admitting or embracing their own failures but which for me, feel, it feels really, really important to be able to go, I have failed at this and this is brilliant because. And, and it's much easier, because I suppose I've been in lots of environments where failure and the right to fail, especially for artists is like the Holy Grail is about enabling people to fail because we understand that the right to fail, is the right to succeed and you're never going to break new ground if you haven't tasted failure or like (laughs) like risked it but at the same time then when you go back to those same people and saying how did that program go that you were running they go oh well it was brilliant and sometimes shy away from talking about about their own failure and I suppose I have a couple of specific moments in mind where I have had one-on-one conversations with people that I really trust and going, oh, like, this thing that I've done, I just really think that it was a failure. And then immediately knee-jerk going, don't call it a failure. Oh, no, no, it was brilliant. I'm sure that it was great. And me going, no, 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 I need right now to accept that it was a failure because it for me if if i can't accept that it was a failure then i have to accept that i haven't tested it enough that i have to carry on because i haven't worked out what about it is broken and actually for me saying that it's that it's failed means that i have it 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 immediately means that I've succeeded it because it means that I've tried hard enough and I've, I've tested everything that I'm able to test and worked out that actually, I'm not the right person to make that thing work. What whether it could ever work is, is a different question. But me and those elements are not going to work, so I can move on from it. Yeah. And um, so it's like giving you permission. Yeah. Uh, that so, I feel like something about failure like accepting failure when when that feels like a comfortable word is actually a means to relief (laughs) (laughs) which um
1: that's really interesting and some of the one thing that you said before is that i it sounded like i've been in a situation where i've been allowed to i've been given permission to fail and i think that is really interesting because i think you're right And that's only something I started thinking about recently when someone reminded me of the situation that I'd been in very early on in my career. I was put in an organisation that was reasonably, that started off reasonably stable with funding. Obviously, funding structures changed um, and the economic situation changed. But I was in a situation where the person who was leading that organisation was absolutely embracing of failure but it it was called no blame it was about you know we had a no blame culture and sometimes that failed (laughs) but generally the sort of premise of it was that you didn't you weren't ultimately responsible for something going wrong you could as long as you were learning from the situation and as long as you could take something from it or and all or the organization could take something from it that it wasn't actually a failure. And you know, certain things happened in the organization. We were opening a big building at the time. and um, There was a lot of stuff we were learning. We were absolutely, every single thing that we did every single day was brand new for a good like probably three years before we opened the building and after like probably about a year before we opened the building and two years after we opened. Like everything we did was learning. So if you failed at it or something happened that you didn't expect to happen, you had to learn from that because actually it was the first time that anybody had ever done anything and sometimes things didn't work because they don't um, mm-hmm. but then the second time it would be slightly better and the third time mm-hmm. it would be slightly better when we were we were really set up in that situation where you you kind of did that as a team and you did that together and then and then my you know I, I stayed within that organization for a long period of time I was there for 12 years four years in four and a half years in that kind of opening of the building and being in that sort of supporting role of supporting the building to be better and to be stronger and then moving into more cultural education. And I think I probably took that with me and took that feeling of being able to support people to try stuff and not necessarily succeed with it, which is really interesting. Then having gone freelance over the last five years that actually one of the things I probably struggle with a little bit within the freelance world is that actually, it's really difficult to fail as a freelancer because you don't have that, you don't have that longevity, you don't have that support structure behind you and actually if you fail in something you're doing as a freelancer, actually that could potentially affect your career quite significantly because if somebody else says, oh that person didn't do a good job there or whatever, actually that can be quite a big deal and that's quite an interesting thing. And I think I've only just really yeah. processed that in this second, which, which is no, really
0: interesting. It's really brilliant because I've I've been freelance for like 12 years and I've often observed that one of the challenges of being freelance is that you're bought in to do something that you're really accomplished at. So there's often not chance to learn and try new things. And then of course that's where you risk failure. And what you were talking about before was an environment that's brand new and I've written down innovation and invention. And there's something about an organization or a project that is brand new that really, if it sets out to be groundbreaking and, and kind of risk is written into the start of it, then that's a lovely environment to kind of house risk taking and therefore almost necessitates embedding like a a coping mechanism for failure or and how we're going to learn from that and all of that things whereas when you're freelance you're very very rarely brought in to be part of creating something new that has failure embedded into it and That's an interesting thing to think about, isn't it? How, how as freelancers, we can keep learning and. Yeah. I don't know where to go from there, but.
1: No, no, but it's a really interesting thing, and it's actually probably one of the areas we haven't talked about before, mm. and I think you know I was at, uh, I was at Sage for twelve years and actually they were sort of chunked down into like four or five years and, and three years at the end but actually each project that I was part of whether it was the opening program whether it was Sing Up, which I was at um, for just over four years and, and the bridge program as well each one of them was brand new and that's really interesting that's really interesting for me to reflect on right now that every single one of those it was starting something new so failure was always part of that because it was it was that whole learning and we'll try this and actually that hasn't worked and we'll try this and that hasn't worked and what do we do next and how do we work together to do that and because we were all doing brand new things that's the thing isn't it mm-hmm. Is everybody was doing brand new things all at the same time yeah that that actually you could fail and be fine and it's interesting now being in an organisation that's been around for coming up to 35 years actually it's very very different i think there's lots of similarities um, in lots of ways the organisation's obviously moved on a lot in those 35 years particularly over the three years that I've been there but it's just it's quite different There's certain ways of like always doing things and it's, it's um, sometimes it's me pushing for change as opposed to being in a team where actually change is just part of what we do yeah that's really interesting
0: yeah and it's making me think about an organisation that I went into for a brief period to do like a a, a cover kind of change project but and i can't think of specific examples but i can think of a lot of kind of tiny things that touch on that where failure there was nothing there was nothing about failure that was welcomed or admitted or or supported and therefore actually it was a much more fragile structure and much harder and an awful lot of of let's polish and pretend and even to internally a lot of polishing and pretence um to because it was at that stage really breaking where a bit more transparency about that would have enabled everybody to come on board and help that and that is probably the bottom line, isn't it? That actually, to be honest and open about failure enables learning from it and enables potential success. And therefore, finding ways to make it feel, to, to make talking about failure feel really comfortable and empowering is how you make it transparent because it can't you can't just make failure uh, like a transparent conversation without leading people who haven't ever had that conversation before of course into it.
1: It's making me think as by the way you're talking and the things you're saying there's something that I've thought about around failure before and it's around that privilege to fail and actually being in an organisation where failure is celebrated yeah Uh, well learning is celebrated gives you that privilege but it's also that thing of like actually um and it can be a man woman thing it can be a class thing it can be a education thing it can be a, um, a financial thing about having the privilege to be able to fail and being able to be given permission to fail in a way that some people just don't have yeah so, whether you're, um, you know, the, we've talked about the man-woman thing before, you and I have talked about it before, um, and about how girls are set up in a way to not really be allowed to fail in the same sort of way, you have to be perfect, you have to do things in a particular way to be able to prove yourself, or, you know, whatever that ends up being, but actually there's something financial as well, like if you come from money, this a, you have... fall back yeah you don't if you fail you're not going to lose everything no so if you try something and it doesn't work then you potentially always have something to fall back on whereas somebody who comes from absolutely nothing and who you know who pushes themselves to try something potentially could end up with literally
0: nothing yeah and therefore they're not practiced in failing so even if when they get into and if, if if when they get into an environment where failure is supported and allowed Yeah. and even if intellectually they understand yeah. all of that it's still not a muscle that's being practiced there's still there's, there's still a reluctance and I think probably everyone has a reluctance but the more times that you've practiced the easier, easier. it is absolutely
1: absolutely and I think yeah there is something around that privilege you know recently having uh, been a small business owner and then not being a small business owner it's terrifying it can be terrifying if you don't necessarily have a massive fallback that you can go oh actually if this doesn't work it's gonna be okay um because potentially it's not and potentially you're putting a lot on the line to be able to to try and either succeed or or fail at something um and take learning from it you know that's i think that's a big part of it is obviously it's a big part of it is the learning but it becomes very difficult. It becomes difficult to do that. I think something that's quite important within that for me as well is the sort of the male female thing, having two small girls, and mm-hmm. um, and having grown up, being supported massively by my mum particularly, to try things, to be creative, to do stuff, to, to be able to be brave and still struggling with it Mm -hmm. i think there's something that i find really important about young women and how we talk about society in general and and a young woman's place within that society and how prior you know previous generations maybe have softened that a little bit and you know uh, maybe not pushed young women to be less brave but but maybe shied them away from risk a little bit more and actually we need to not do that we need to be be able to support young women to have conversations to be able to be more risky to be able to be um to understand that you know that no means no that they can try anything that they want to do that they can push themselves that actually, you know, if you want to be an astronaut, then not everyone can be an astronaut, but if you do the right science degrees and if you do, if you take the right steps, then actually you've got as much chance as anybody else to be
0: an astronaut. And if you don't become an astronaut, you will have found some other thing on the way that might actually be more specific that we don't know the name of that job. Yeah. (laughs) And did you, do you think that because you were supported you, were, you felt that you were that as you were growing up you were supported. Do you feel that you were aware that you were being taught about failure and risk and support and things in a way that people around you were maybe not as privileged as that? Was that something you were aware of at the time or is that a thing that you are looking at backwards and going this is that I was really lucky
1: it's definitely not something I was aware of at the time guaranteed wasn't aware of at the time but then I think it's probably something that I've realized much more recently when I look at my two sisters as well and see like actually the three of us and people talk about the things that the three of us do and the things that three of us have achieved and and, you know that um I would say generally the three of us are fairly successful grown-ups ish (laughs) aspects of being a grown-up like neither one of us is particularly good at however Mm -hmm. we've all achieved quite a lot um and i think there's something quite interesting around that that actually each one of us has been has been set up to be able to fail safely and be able to do things and be able to push ourselves and to be able to be strong and brave and all of those things and you know one of my sisters is uh has got a science degree and that's what she does as a job i've got an arts degree and that's what i do as a job and my other sister has just recently passed a sociology degree and you know she's really really following that um as her sort of path into employment and i think it's really it's just quite interesting that actually all three of us have been able to do the things that we've really really we're really passionate about that we really wanted to do and that in itself is quite i feel is quite a privilege to be able to have done that because actually we don't come from money that's not that's not where our privilege sits it comes from the support of my mum it comes from the support of the education that she strived for us to have and support of the fact that we've lived in a country where we've been able to achieve that education without too much financial pressure um yeah and it comes from and and part of it obviously comes from a level of luck Mm -hmm. of being in the right place at the right time to get the right job where I could be in an organization for 12 years and be able to be supported to fail within that organization as well um but yeah I think there's lots of things within that 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 sort of that have have set me up with a level of privilege
0: and what do you think that you could teach somebody else based on that like have is that a thing that you're thinking
1: oh I don't know um well yeah I mean I've got my girls I've got my two daughters who one of whom is six and one is one and a half um so I think yeah I think I can support them to be to be brave to push boundaries you know my six-year-old is uh very different to a lot of the other children in her class not just the girls but everyone (laughs) um and that is celebrated that she is different. You know, we celebrate that. We um we don't necessarily point out the fact she's different to her. But at the same time, I'm not going to push her to change. It, I struggled with that. I really did struggle with that. Because when she started school, she didn't fit in in the same way that a lot of the other children did. And I kind of wanted her to fit in. And then I realised that actually that wasn't her. And yeah. if I pushed her to fit in, she would be changing and moulding herself to a to into a person that that she wasn't. So I kind of struggled I did struggle with that. Of her failing in the schoolyard, I had to learn from that that yes she doesn't play like other children play and actually that's okay because she'll come into her own when she's older and as long as she I can make sure that she has a structure around her to keep her happy and healthy and emotionally Literate and all of those things and she can talk to me and she has other adults she can talk to then that's alright and actually that's a much healthier place to be than trying pushing her to play in a particular way and talk to children in a particular way because that's not how she is that's not who she is and that's but is not she, she happy does. in the way
0: that she is? yeah
1: absolutely and it was very much my struggle it wasn't hers okay. every now and again she would talk to me about the fact that she didn't have somebody to play with in the playground or whatever but then we would talk around that and we would and we would discover why that might be and what might make him happier and that is a much better way for me to deal with it than me to go to her and go well okay you need to do this this and this actually she needs to discover what it is that she needs to do or actually what she's telling me because sometimes it's not the real truth yeah so she tells me I asked everyone to play with me and they won't play with me and actually what she's done is she's asked one person that she really wanted to play with to play with her and they said no so what does that mean and why is that important to her and and sort of talking down that route so yeah I don't really know where I was going with that but that's a tangent (laughs) Uh, I
0: know it was it was kind of a thing about going
1: oh it was my teaching wasn't it
0: yeah I acknowledge that or you've acknowledged that that you had a level of and that's brilliant and modeling it and sharing it I think is brilliant and I just wondered kind of who but teaching your daughters is probably like the biggest thing that you can do so yeah and then they model it in their own way and or reject it that would be interesting wouldn't it if then they (laughs) went no 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 I I love what you've given me but No, thank you. I am going to be perfect. (laughs) It's quite interesting,
1: isn't it? Because also, at the same time, I know that I'm guilty of this. Um, If something's not going right in my life, I hibernate and I push it, I pull it all back in. Right. So as much as I model it with my children, it's really Mm -hmm. interesting about how. I think I do, I I push myself, I tend to be, I tend to uh, push more towards risk. You know, I, I live quite comfortably in chaos and that's kind of fine. However, I also know that the outward perception that I put of myself is like a sort of shiny uh, um, version of the reality. Mm-hmm. So if something's going particularly badly wrong, so from a personal point of view, something which I do talk about very regularly and, and very openly is the fact that I've had several miscarriages before I had my children. and But at the time that I was in that, I couldn't talk about that with other people or not mm-hmm. in the way that I've been able to since I had Isabel. So it was really interesting that actually at that point I pulled in, um, I pulled away from people. I didn't necessarily have the ability to talk about that failure, which mm-hmm. it was, you know, that my body... Um, and just couldn't hold on to a pregnancy um and what I learned then learned from that and learned about myself is quite interesting in itself as well and I know that you know when stuff does go wrong I don't necessarily talk about it I don't necessarily articulate it I don't necessarily um show that to the world I'll show a different version to the world and it's not until the point that I have I've come to terms with it or I've got to a place that i feel more comfortable with or whatever that actually that's the point that i can then be like oh actually here we are this is where we are with it all um which i think is
0: interesting that's maybe quite
1: interesting i as think well. it's interesting
0: i also think it might be more normal because i think when you're talking what i probably not quite as it, it's probably not like totally the opposite but it it There is a contrast that when I have a problem, I find people to talk about with it, like a a thing that I feel like is going wrong and I want to share it. My, My every instinct is to share it and discuss it. And I'm not really sure what I'm looking for from it, but I know that often I get a pushback that is a bit like what i said before where people are going no it's not failed <laughs> and where people are uncomfortable with the level to which i want to expose and sort of like dig into that challenge yeah, yeah, of course. and they want me to they want me to be more shiny or i've had occasions like in the past where i've gone where where people have said oh i won't tell anybody else and i'm like no, no I'm, I'm telling you because i want this sharing like yeah. i and and in the, like in in abstract i can absolutely understand that that's an uncomfortable thing to discuss but when i'm in the moment i really want to pull it all apart and and just go we have to be honest about this and and actually i'm looking at lots of failings and uh, yeah I, I suppose it's about in the moment going if we cover this up now we might lose some learning and that's a thing that I am really passionate about and I know we said that that, uh, at the start but in the moment I know that I I really want to go probably too far into pulling apart the failure to examine every little part of it to go how, how do we take learning from it how do we find the value in it because in every failure there's definitely loads of brilliant things absolutely um and I'm really resistant to to covering it up for fear I think it is fear of absolutely accidentally missing something and then me having to go through it again or someone else having to go through that again or like it, yeah losing learning with and it's so, sort of linked to, like, wastage and mm-hmm. that thing. If you've yeah, yeah. been through that pain, you don't want any of that pain to be wasted. You want all of it to be used valuably.
1: <laughs> no, I, I know what you mean. And maybe, yeah, maybe I do do that. I'm trying to think. So... There are certain people that I really trust. So I think there's some things that I definitely don't and some things. But I, I also think I'm starting to ramble now, but I also think that I'm quite good at doing self processing. Yeah. So I do a lot of internal processing and I do a lot of internal thinking around things. And I'm able to I've got quite good coping mechanisms for, for particular periods of stress mm-hmm. that I know that I can kind of coach myself through stuff. And I did a coaching course several years ago and actually I wasn't I'm not a great person to coach because I talk and I can talk myself through things like I'm not the sort of person where you end up having to, to coach people a lot yeah because I can do that myself
0: yeah
1: Um. not saying that coaching isn't amazing and I would
0: mm-hmm. love to you know that I, I think everybody should do it and I think probably you could be coached but I think because of the um, um, level of knowledge that you've got you could only be coached by someone who's really brilliant yeah and um yeah I think you're probably right and I think
1: in that practice situation I kept having to like hold myself back because it was like oh no I'm not letting the yeah. I'm not letting the person who's meant to be practicing yeah. do it and actually sometimes within a coaching situation it's fine for the coach to just sit there and silence through the whole thing yeah. and that's great um and so yeah I think I do have a way of processing stuff but equally I also have People, I really trust you being one of them, and um, who I know that I can go to and go, This is the situation that I've got, and oh my god, it's an absolute disaster, and what the hell am I gonna do because it's just a mess. And I know that I'm at fault in here, and I know other people are at fault in here, and I just don't know what I'm gonna do about it, and I'm really struggling with it. So, I do, yeah, I think maybe I do do that. And I think you're right about the fear I fear about losing stuff, I fear about that fear of, of um failing at the failure <laughs> the mm. fear of like because actually we said that failure has to be about learning that absolutely has to be the place that it sits it can't if it's going to be useful and actually if you don't pull it to pieces and understand why it's failed at that point then yeah you're failing at the failure you're not doing you're not learning you're not taking anything with and you and sometimes
0: you need to do that because in when you're in a moment of failure you absolutely need to like look after yourself or look after other people that are in that with you and so yeah I don't think it's about criticizing anybody for dealing with it in the way that they need to but I think it's more about the other side of going actually well no it's, it's exactly that same thing if the way that a person needs to deal with it is is to hunker down and kind of heal then that's great but if the person needs to like pull it apart then that's where I think it's it's less common for that to be seen as or uh, like embraced seen as positive or supported and isn't that maybe the whole point of this conversation absolutely and actually if we were able
1: to support children from quite an early age to understand those things more people would probably be in a situation where they would be happy to pull it apart even if it was internally yeah even if it was their internal coping mechanism for it of going okay right this thing happened and rather than wallowing within that wallowing is probably not a very positive word to use rather than sitting with that mm-hmm. and um and having it weigh you down or actually, burying it because that's it.
0: such a kind of oh, yeah, pushing
1: approach. it down then what do we, how do we deal with that failure in a better way? How do we process it? How do we move on from it? And so we can actually, rather than always carry that with us, we can have a level of closure on it and yeah.
0: or whatever it needs to be. And then, because this is the next thing that I'm wondering about, is when you've exposed it and discussed it, Feeling comfortable to be able to move on from it, and that person that you saw six months ago, and the conversation was all about that failure. Them not trying to pull you back into that place, yeah. Because that's a thing I've encountered as well. Oh wow. um, But yeah, it's a separate conversation. No, that's really interesting as well. So other people's, like
1: other people's reaction and approach to your failure mm-hmm. that you own and it's yours. Yeah. And you've shared it with them, mm-hmm. but
0: then where they then? Mm-hmm. I've now processed it. They then go, oh, but how are you feeling about that? I'm like, oh, that's fine now, and here's what I've learned from it. And they go, oh, no, but 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 I'm like, no,
1: I don't need to go back there. Right? Are we doing this? Because <laughs> I think you just do you've just made me realise I think I can sometimes be that person and it's something, it's it's only ever with the person that I share that with uh-huh. so if I share that failure with somebody I sometimes pull people back to it when they maybe want to get, on, get away from it God thank you you've, me, you've given me a little bit of something to think about there and maybe I don't pull people back into that <laughs> it might help me move on from things as well <laughs> I don't
0: know so I feel like we've had quite a nice long conversation and I want do you feel we can do that? Yeah. Can we come on to our end question? Yeah, go on then. Okay. <laughs> so tell me about um, one thing that you failed
1: at this week. God, there's actually been... Can I can I share two? Yeah. So one of them is I fell over. And I'm a grown-up and I shouldn't fall over. So for <laughs> me, that's like a proper... Like in the mud, muddy knees, like a banged-up knee, scratched wrist. Mm-hmm. Um, so that in itself is you know that's a failure for me and the other thing which is um, a slightly ridiculous thing is it was Christmas this week and on Christmas morning like on Christmas Eve I'd wrapped all the presents everything was set out into the tree la 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 my little girl opened all her presents so one's from Santa and one's uh, from us and we went off and did all the family stuff and it wasn't until later on in the night that my partner suddenly went oh we forgot to give her a bike and she had a bike. We got her a bike for Christmas, and it was sat in the garage. I'd totally forgotten <laughs> about it, so I'd failed to give my child like probably her biggest present. And then we didn't get home until Boxing Day, like evening. So she didn't get her big present until Boxing Day evening, which now apparently is her best present in the world ever. So.
0: So did she know about it before that? Or she didn't
1: it? until he mentioned it, and okay. then I was like, "Oh yeah," and it meant that she got every single thing on her Christmas list from various uh-huh. people across the family. But she'd obviously been like holding on to the fact that she was a little bit disappointed that she didn't get this bike, because that's like something that she'd asked for and it was quite a big thing. Mm. Um, but she hadn't told us that she was, it wasn't it wasn't until we went, Oh yeah, we've got you a bike, that she sort of went, <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> Oh, thank you, thank you. I thought I did wonder. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I totally forgot it. Sat in the garage. Mm. So yeah, those are uh, two uh fairly ridiculous failures what about you i also have a
0: christmas failure in that um in order to try and make christmas better i took my mum and my sister out for coffee a few weeks ago to sit down and talk to them and find out what rather than trying to buy them presents for who they used to be or what they always get to really try and engage with what they want now and realised in that moment that the thing that I'd already bought for my mum, she didn't want. And oh, wow. um, it was like, it's fine. It's a thing that she likes, but it's definitely not a thing that she wants. So I had gone, oh, OK, well, I like it, so I'll have it, because it, it wasn't a thing that I could take back. Um, and then completely forgot to get her anything else. So on Christmas Eve, as I was looking at my presents and going, oh, oh, yeah, I'm just going to have to give her the thing that i know that she doesn't want <laughs> otherwise she won't get very much at all
1: <laughs> so so what I are the two to... what are the two things that we've learned from those things and what did you learn from that
0: <laughs> i learned that um that i just need to try a tiny bit harder and actually because what what i succeeded at actually in that conversation we wound up telling my sister all the things we really wanted and my sister got like my sister did brilliantly at all of our presents because in that conversation she listened to what we said we actually (laughs) wanted um and um so I just need to listen to the answers to the questions that I ask it's not it's not it it's great to ask good questions it's not enough to ask good questions. (laughs) You also have to listen to the answer and then do something with it. (laughs) Brilliant. And what did I learn? I learned do not walk around on slippy mud when it's pitch
1: black. Mm -hmm. And the other thing I learned is um, maybe have a better list of things that if you've got a small period of time so on christmas eve i had a small period of time i had a lot of things to get done and what i should have done is written myself a better list and Mm -hmm. one of those things on that list should have been get the bike out of the bloody garage Yes. (laughs) and then i would not have failed at that
0: thing yes end
1: the end the end
0: (laughs) for now